Section 25 of Roman History, the Early Empire by William Wolfe Capes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 16, The Growing Depopulation of Italy and Greece. Among all these evidences of material well-being, there were ominous signs to catch the watchful eye. The Queen of Cities had clothed herself in pomp and splendor, and stately villas, parks, and pleasure-grounds were spread over the country. But Italy herself grew poor in men, in moral energy, and in natural products. The culture of Greece had made its way over the world, but her cities of renown were sadly dwindled, and scanty populations lived among the ghosts of former glories. The heart of the empire was growing more feeble, though the extremities were sound. Strabo, who travelled in Greece early in this period, gives in his geography a melancholy list of ruined and deserted towns. Aetolia and Acarnania were exhausted. Doris has no trace of her ancient peoples. Thebes was a poor village cowering within the walls of the old citadel, and save Tanagra and Thespiae, in all Boeotia there were only pauperized hamlets. Messenia and Arcadia were deserts, Laconia had not men enough to till it, and seventy of the hundred townships of old times were quite abandoned. As early as the days of the historian Polybius it was observed that Italy could no more put into the field such forces as she raised in the Second Punic War, and that not for lack of manhood, but of men. The Gracchi, not long after, called public notice to the fact of the decreasing numbers of free laborers in the country, and tried to check the evil by sweeping changes in the tenure of land. Again, in the first years of the empire, complaints mingled with alarm are heard on every side. Livy speaks with wonder of the armies that fought in old time upon the battlefields of Latium, and says that in his day only a few slaves tenanted the lands that were once the home of so many hardy warriors. Pliny tells us of more than fifty towns in Latium alone that had passed away and left no traces, and of the ruins of old peoples that the traveller found in every part of central Italy. Dion Cassius mentions the terrible depopulation which Julius Caesar noted with concern, and the difficulty which Augustus found in levying troops to fill up the void made by the loss of Varus and his legions, while Pliny tells us of the grief and wounded pride which the same emperor felt when he enlisted slaves in place of free men. The stress which Augustus laid upon the remedies which he applied shows how urgent seemed the evil. He reduced, and would have limited still further had he dared, the number of the paupers on the free list of the state, to check, if possible, the drain upon the public funds and the great discouragement to industry. He drafted off his veterans into colonies, and bought them lands in every part of Italy to recruit with healthy labor the decaying municipia. He provided an outlet even for the city populace, supplying them with land and settlements beyond the sea. Finding among the higher and middle classes a widespread dislike to the burdens of married life, he tried to bring legal pressure to bear upon the morbid sentiment, enacted civil disabilities against those who would not marry, and various privileges for those who had given legitimate children to the state. The laws of Papia Papaya were passed in the teeth of serious opposition, but as we have seen, 
it was a current jest that the consuls whose names they bore were bachelors themselves, and Plutarch tells us that many married not to have heirs, but to become heirs themselves, since they could only receive legacies on that condition. What causes had brought about this ominous decline in numbers? 1. The career of Rome had been one of constant warfare. The obstinate resistance of the Achaean, Volscian, and Sabine races gave a formidable check to the laws of natural increase. It was long before Italy recovered the fearful waste of life and means caused by the Punic struggles. To gratify the ambition of the ruling classes, to gain fresh lands for them to rule, the bones of the Italian yeomen were left to moulder in every country to which the conquering eagles made their way. The losses in the social war alone were set down in the lowest estimate at 300,000 men, and were raised by some writers to a million. But exhausting as was the constant drain of life, it was not too great, perhaps, for nature's forces to resist, if others had not come also into play, whose influence lasted on when the empire enjoyed at length a period of peace. 2. The landowners of central Italy had been long unable to compete with the corn growers of foreign lands. The stores of Sicily and Africa had been poured into their markets. The tithes paid in kind had been brought to the capital in natural course. Governors had sent large quantities to be sold below cost price at Rome to keep her populace in good humor. Carriage by sea had proved cheaper than by land over bad country roads, and free trade and the policy of the government together ruined the corn trade of the husbandmen of Italy. The small proprietors or yeomen could no longer pay their way or hold their land, and were bought out by the capitalists, who sought investments for wealth gained in subject countries. The small farms gave place to the great holdings of the rich, the latifundia, quae perdidere italiam, the vast domains which were the bane of Italy. Pasturage superseded tillage, slave labor took the place of free. A few wild herdsmen and shepherds wandering at large with here and there a slave gang laboring in chains was all that could be seen in districts that had once been thickly set with thriving villages. 3. Slavery was doubtless wasteful of human life. In the Campania of Rome, as in many other parts, unhealthy influences must have been always near at hand, and malaria had to be met and combated. It was less dangerous when land was tilled and drained, and the constant experience and traditional remedies of the hardy natives enabled them to lessen or survive the evil. But slaves drawn from far-off countries, knowing nothing of the climate and its laws, guarded often by reckless taskmasters and crowded in the unwholesome cells of the ergastula, or workhouses, were less able to resist the ravages of pestilence which spread faster as pasturage took the place of arable ground. For a time the loss of life was easily supplied from slave markets, like those at Delos, where, as we read, 50,000 human beings often changed owners in a single day. But they grew dearer as the boundaries of the Roman world included more subject races, and the voids were no longer easily or profitably filled up. 4. The free population that had been driven from the fields betook themselves to the army or the city. The doles of corn, 
the frequent largesses the shows and gaieties attracted to the crowded streets and alleys thousands who were too indolent to work but not ashamed to beg and who could contribute nothing to the productive energies of the world the country towns copied rome as far as their means allowed and attracted the idlers and improvident who lived upon the bounty of the rich the veterans who had been sent out as colonists to settle in the deserted regions wearied often of the irksome restraint of the unwonted work mortgaged or sold their little farms and gradually came back to swell the numbers of the dissolute and needy populace and lived as paupers on the pittance of the state five to these causes must be added the untoward influence of luxury profligacy and crime polybius noted the physical effects of the foreign customs that were spreading fast among the young men of the ruling classes and pointed to it as a symptom of decline the moralists and satirists of later days were full of passionate complaints of the luxury which they saw around them these rapid changes broke down the moral safeguards of the past and gave free vent to morbid appetites the spread of ease and license discouraged honest industry and weakened hardihood and strength of body the sumptuous mansions of the wealthy the fish-ponds bird farms and deer-parks which reared luxuries for roman tables absorbed unproductively the capital which might have maintained multitudes of thriving husbandmen and turned all italy into a garden the riches of the world had been poured into the coffers of the ruling classes but with little benefit to their own country which grew poorer while large sums flowed yearly back to pay for the costly wares and delicacies of foreign lands pliny as a patriot laments the steady drain of money caused by the silks and jewels and spices of the east but moralists said less of what called for far severer censure infanticide was widely prevalent sometimes in the form of the destruction of unborn life but more commonly in the exposure of the newly born it rested with the father to decide if he would rear his child and custom sanctioned the usage of exposure though early laws had tried to limit it to monstrous births the discretionary power was put in force most frequently in the case of female children and passing references in literature show that they were often victims private charity sometimes reared the foundlings and the inscriptions bear witness to the number of such cases and leave us to imagine how many were exposed polybius has specified this among the causes of the dwindling numbers of the greeks tacitus notes that the germans looked upon the act as criminal but he does so probably to point a moral and is thinking of the vice of rome still the usage lasted on under the empire and the christian tertullian brands the heathen of his day with the infamy of the practice then continued in the eastern provinces the usage was less prevalent sometimes religious sentiment discountenanced the practice and often the spread of the industrial spirit and the vigour of productive energy gave a stimulus to the increase of numbers material well-being was diffused among the teeming populations of the commercial towns in asia minor while the patriot mourned over increasing poverty in the western cities of the empire and the statesman had to recruit the legions from the nations most recently annexed end of section twenty five